1: Hey everybody, it's Tuesday, October 10th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. We got a fun one for you today, folks. We are hitting up the fan mailbag to answer some of your biggest questions after week five. Plus, our pal Matt Okada is dropping by with his top waiver wire targets. Let's get started with the questions you sent us on social media. You can always hit us up at NFL Fantasy. This first one coming from Brandon. Had an owner drop George Pickens. I'm assuming I need to pick him up. I have Jalen Waddell, Garrett Wilson, and Jordan Addison. That's a flex.
2: (laughs) I don't want to drop any of those. Like, You need to pick up Pickens, but I would not want to drop any of those three.
1: Yeah, I would see if there's like a running back, or are you carrying a second quarterback or tight end? There's somebody you should drop because you'd have to get pickings, but I wouldn't drop those guys either. Uh, next one from Dapper Dan. What do you think of Jonathan Taylor with Zach Moss in form? It's kind of what we spoke about already. I
2: think he's going to get more work, which makes them both kind of low floor, high upside RB two or flex options. And eventually Jonathan Taylor will fully take over.
1: He will take over that number one role. So if you have him, be patient, I know this week was probably not what you wanted it to be, but You know, he's Jonathan Taylor. He's he's a more talented back and they paid him. They're going to give him more opportunities. This one from Jason. Is it time to drop Dalvin Cook? Yes. Next question. Unless you disagree. No, it was time weeks ago. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Next question. Uh, This one from Chandler. How do you all fully feel about the Texans receivers? More specifically, Nico Collins. It's been up and down in fantasy so far, and I've been debating about using him to trade up for someone. Good question here.
2: If you can trade Nico Collins for someone that you feel better about, I'm fine doing that. But I think Tank Dell and Nico Collins have both kind of shown there's going to be variance because they're wide receivers and they have a rookie quarterback and they're very young themselves. But the upside is so high that I think it's hard to get away from most weeks.
1: I think it is. And I think in a lot of respects, Nico Collins has already outperformed expectations. I mean, there will be ebbs and flows. There will be highs and lows. but Look, if you feel like you can upgrade at the position, uh, by all means, absolutely go out and do that. But I still like Nico Collins. I like Tank Dell. Uh, They just they have blown our minds with what they can do, what they have done so far. So if they have some some down weeks, uh, I mean, it's just part of the game at this point. Edward wants to know, should I trade Puka Nakua for Cooper Cup? I mean, if you can. Sure. Yeah, you that.
2: First wide receiver could be almost any wide receiver in the game. And if it was for a healthy Cooper Cup, I would say yes, because Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in football when he is healthy, or at least in fantasy football, when healthy and first game back, he did what he did yesterday.
1: I think he's only going to keep getting better. Also, you're sort of asking right now, should I trade these two 20s for a 50? (laughs) <laughs> right. We're like, yeah, man, getting a 50. That's great. But even if you don't, you still got 220. He's like, that's not bad. So, uh, yeah, if you can make the move, make the move. But even if you don't, you're still fine with Puka Nakua. Last one, this one from Sean. How do y'all feel about Calvin Ridley? Uh, I have mixed emotions here. How do you feel? <laughs> I, I have mixed emotions, but overall, I feel
2: good about Calvin Ridley, at least seven targets in four of the five games. I know he's been up and down, but we have to remember that he's coming off of a year and a half long layoff from the NFL. So I think a little bit of inconsistency early on was expected. I think you just start Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk moving forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, That's the thing. One, there's a the long layoff, two, and I, I think I said this last week on the show, we, I think, forgot the fact that there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. Christian Kirk's still there. Zay Jones is back from an injury. Evan Ingram is there. Travis Etienne saw targets. There are a lot of places to go with the football, so there are going to be some down weeks. Hopefully what we saw last week is the start of a bounce back. Uh, Did a lot of work in that second half. So I still think the arrow's pointing up for Calvin Ridley, but it may be a little bit more of a roller coaster than we anticipated uh, coming into the season. You probably need help on your roster. Most of us do. That's why we've got the waiver wire. We're going to come back and talk to Matt O'Connor about some of his waiver wire picks as we keep things going here on the NFL fantasy football show.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
1: Let's get some of the top waiver wire targets for this week. Our pal Matt O'Connor has put together the list you should pay attention to. I'd add quarterback Matthew Stafford. Dangerous Wilson. Yeah, the Broncos stink overall, but it's not Russ's fault, at least not totally. Sam Howell coming off a huge game where he dropped back 55 straight times from the middle of the second quarter to the end. Gardner Minshew, the stash is back in our life because of Anthony Richardson's injury. Over to running back Jaleel McLaughlin, who's looking very good for the Broncos. Ty J. Spears getting a bigger role there in Tennessee. Amari Di Mercado. Let's keep an eye on James Conner's injury after he had to leave the game on Sunday. Chuba Hubbard. Starting to get more work in Carolina. Jalen Warren, who's outscored uh, Najee Harris pretty much every week. And a couple of RBs in Chicago. Roshan Johnson is uh, there along with Deontay Foreman. Wide receiver, Josh Downs, who had a big game on Sunday. Curtis Samuel getting more work in Washington. Rasheed Rice, the wheel of Chiefs wide receivers, continues to spin. I guess it sort of landed on Rice last week. K.J. Osborne getting opportunity there in Minnesota, especially if Justin Jefferson. Uh, has a wonky hamstring. Logan Thomas getting targets in Washington and Jonu Smith, who is the official tight end one in Atlanta. Yeah, I know Kyle Pitts had a nice game, but uh, it was still Jonu Smith's team there. Uh, Welcome in our pal, Matt Okada. You can find his waiver wire list on NFL.com at NFL.com slash waiver wire. Matt, good to see you again. Let's start with the fact that we got two teams on a bye this week. The Packers and the Steelers get the week off. So, that means we got to go to the waiver wire, maybe not as dire this week as in some weeks. But uh, let's start with the guy who plays his home games about a three iron, uh, probably about a, a three wood, maybe. I don't know. I suck at golf. <laughs> I suck at golf. Anyway, who plays a short distance from where we are currently sitting at SoFi Stadium? Matthew Stafford, who's been playing really well, and now he's got his favoriteest target in the whole world back in Cooper Cup. It seems like uh, the arrow is pointing up for Stafford.
3: Yeah, I think it is. And for the record, it, I think it would take three drivers for me to get to so fine because <laughs> I'm the worse in golf at you. Uh, but yeah, listen, if you look at the box score, especially the fantasy box score for Stafford, doesn't look that great this season. He hasn't topped 17 fantasy points yet in a game. He only has five passing touchdowns. Don't be deceived. He is fourth in the NFL in yards. And lo and behold, the first game that, like you say, Cooper Cup, his favorite target, his podcast and breakfast buddy returns to the lineup. He Stafford has his best fantasy day of the year against the Eagles. D spoiler alert, the Cardinals are not the Eagles. And that's who he gets <laughs> next week. They just fixed Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense. I think he is the top streamer for week six. And with this receiving core now at his disposal, Cup, Puka, Tutu, Higby. I think he has every week QB one upside rest of season. I love that call and I can't
2: tell you what clubs I would need to get to so far because I don't even know what clubs you would use. I just know it wouldn't be a putter. That's it. Oh, I know you have J- Jaleel McLaughlin on uh, your waiver wire list as well. Short week against the Chiefs this week, but uh, maybe Javante Williams is coming back. Does that, that, does that scare you off at all?
3: It affects how much I'm willing to invest in Jaleel. Uh, Last week, I said to pick him up, leave him on your bench against the Jets' daunting front. And then he scraped together 18 fantasy points against that defense. That's a sign of how well he's playing. So I think that even if Javante returns, which get on a short week, maybe a little bit less likely, I think he still is worth a pickup. If you need some other signs that he's worth picking up. Three touchdowns through the first five weeks. The last undrafted rookie, which Leal is, to do that was James Robinson in 2020 when he finished as the RB7 in fantasy. And also, McLaughlin just looks really good on tape. Dynamic as heck, averaging 7.1 yards per touch. That is elite tier. With him playing like he is, I don't think the Broncos should and probably will rush Javante Williams back. And even when he comes back, I don't think he gets that full RB1 bell cow workload. And that gives Jaleel the opportunity to keep flashing his talent. For me, this is a case of get the talent on your roster, monitor how the opportunity plays out, and then see if you can plug them in your lineup. I know Adam Rank
1: has made the point that watching McLaughlin reminds him of when Austin Eckler first came to prominence and he eventually took over that role from Melvin Gordon. And the more I watch it, the more I think Rank is really onto something there in that offense there for, for Denver. High praise. More running backs to talk about in Chicago. It's a rough time because pretty much all their running backs got hurt. Uh, They're trying to find some guys off the street just to plug in and have bodies there. Uh, Roshan Johnson, at least as of us recording this right now in concussion protocol, Deontay Foreman was a healthy scratch, but it seems like it's worth making a play for at least one of those guys this week. Right,
3: Matt? Yeah, I think it is. Khalil Herbert seems like the one that's going to be the most long term. He could even end up on IR with his ankle injury. And Roshan Johnson did leave the game in concussion protocol, but that was last Thursday. I think we can probably have some optimism that he will be cleared by week six. And he's looked very good in limited opportunities playing behind Herbert. And if he is healthy, I think he will be the one A in this run first attack. Most likely healthy scratch. Previously, Deontay Foreman will be the one B, but I prefer Johnson by quite a lot. He has averaged 4.9 yards per carry this season. He's caught 11 of 12 targets as a receiver. And whoever gets this role, so whoever's healthy, pick up Roshan if you don't have any news in the meantime, they get the Vikings, Raiders, and Chargers over the next three weeks. That is RB1-able defenses. So I'm willing to roll out whoever seems to be the lead guy, and I'm willing to invest pretty heavily on getting Johnson, even if we don't know the for sure news on his concussion status.
2: Okada, oh I don't know what I did to the Colts this week, but they want to hurt me. Uh, Anthony Richardson got hurt. I benched at, uh, Moss and started Jonathan Taylor. And worst of all, in a, my home league yesterday, right before kickoff, I dropped Josh Downs. Uh, how big of a mistake Ooh. did I make? <laughs>
3: I mean, listen, I don't think Josh Jones is a break the bank waiver ad, but I do think he's a guy you want to have on your roster and who should be rostered in more leagues. So it's a small mistake that hopefully you can rectify this week (laughs) on the waiver wire. Uh, For those who don't know, third round rookie pick out of North Carolina over the last three weeks, he's averaged seven targets a game. He's hit double digit fantasy points in two of those games, including the big game Sunday, team high six catches, 97 yards. He looks very good, which is not surprising given his draft profile. Now, he is incredibly undersized, 5'9, 171 pounds, but he is very athletic and explosive. He actually earned next gen stats number two ranking at this past combine. What we're kind of hoping for with Downs is that he's essentially Devontae Smith light, while Michael Pittman Jr. plays the AJB light role, and rather convenient if in that case, That his head coach is Shane Steichen, who was Philly's O.C. the last two years. So that's a role I could actually see him kind of playing into. I think he has upside. I think he's another one of those talent to get on your roster and watch the opportunity play out type of guys.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I actually had Michael Pittman Jr. as the Colts. I knew there was going to be a Colts wide receiver have a good game on Sunday. I just had the wrong one. I had Pittman instead of Downs. Um, Matt, you know you go to a sporting event, and then on the big vision board, they play those little games where they like, they hide a football under a helmet, and they shuffle the helmets around, and you have to figure out where mm. the ball is and stuff. Um, Rasheed Rice.
3: <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> <laughs> yep, I think half the weeks of the season you're going to lift all the helmets, and there's not even a ball under any of them, because <laughs> that's how it seems to go with Kansas City. And, and honestly. In all seriousness, I think the most likely outcome for this wide receiver core rest of season is that this mess of wide receiver threes just takes turns being fantasy relevant and it's very highly unpredictable and frustrating. But if someone is going to step up and let's just hope and pray that someone will, because goodness, is it annoying? I think there's good reason to believe that it will be Rashi Wright's second round rookie pick out of SMU beyond the draft capital. 55th in the draft overall, and the prospect profile, both of which are very solid. Rice has averaged 2.8 yards per route run this season, which is an elite output in a metric that's heavily predictive of breakout candidates. For some quick context, there are only 11 qualified receivers with a higher yards per route run in 2023 than Rice, and all 11 of them are currently top 15 wideouts in fantasy. That's what you get when you combine this kind of efficiency with an actual target load. So if Rice somehow manages to step up and get that kind of work in KC, obviously still behind Kelsey, but as the true number one wide receiver, he could be a massive late season revelation.
2: Rice and Kadarius Tony are just the pointing Spider-Man games because everything, <laughs> no. it, it, it applies for both of them. They just don't want either one of them to uh, step up, it seems. O- Okada, you also have Logan Thomas this week as a top tight end who dropped nearly 21 fantasy points most weeks. That's enough to put him in contention to be the tight end one. This week, barely cracked the top five, but why should we not overlook what Logan Thomas did on Thursday night?
3: Yeah, it was honestly a wild week for fantasy tight ends. I feel like we probably had more <laughs> tight end one weeks this week than we had all the rest of the year. Um, but Logan Thomas might actually be my favorite pickup of the entire week, unless you have one of the top tight ends, which not many of us do, because who even are they? In case you've forgotten, because it was way back on Thursday Night Football, 77 yards and a touchdown on nine catches on 11 targets in that game. Hopefully the rest of your mates have forgotten about Thomas and you can snag him. Listen, he's posted seven plus fantasy points in every game he's played, which doesn't sound exceptional, but it is at the tight end position in 2023. And that also includes a game he exited early after catching a touchdown, taking a hit. Try this on for stars really quick. Thomas is one of six tight ends with 18 plus catches and multiple touchdowns this season. The other five are literally the top five tight ends on the year In order, Laporta, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Komet, Mark Andrews. Shout out to Laporta, by the way. Good gracious. What is he doing? Uh, So at a position with a whole lot of volatility, very little reliability, I think Thomas might legitimately have the best combination of floor and ceiling at tight end outside of those five names I just listed off.
1: Man, they're spreading the ball around a lot, too, in Washington, man. A uh, couple guys to stash. One, Ty J Spears, the guy that I liked coming into the season. He was a guy that I took a few late round dart throws at. And his role just looks like it's getting bigger there in Tennessee, Matt.
3: Yeah, same thing here. And I also stashed him away in a bunch of dynasty leagues. Ty J Spears looks really good. He had 16.9 fantasy points on Sunday, and he's now outscored Derrick Henry in two of the last three games in fantasy. And if we're being honest, outside of a few big plays for King Henry, I think he's looked more dynamic. For much of the season. Now, is he going to usurp Henry's role? No. But might he be flexible with this kind of output, especially his involvement in the receiving game week to week with buys coming? Yes, I think so. I'd add him.
2: And Jalen Warren has now outscored Najee Harris in every single week so far this season. He's available in almost half of leagues. I don't understand how the Steelers
3: watch this guy run and don't give him more ball, but what do you think, Okada? Yeah, check your waiver wire, like you said, available in around half of leagues. If he's out there, you must put him on your roster because he might just straight up surpass Najee Harris and take the role. But even if he doesn't, he's playing as an RB2 for fantasy with Harris ahead of him. They'll figure something out there.
1: Yeah, hopefully they figure it out. Hopefully they figure it out soon. They got the bye week to try to work things out, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, For more waiver Wire goodness, be sure to follow Matt Okada on Twitter, at Matt Okada. Also check out the column at NFL.com slash waiver Wire. Matt, appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week, sir. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show tomorrow. We're previewing the first chunk of the Week 6 slate. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, you're not bossy. You just know what other people should be doing. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you again real soon.